2018 has built on 2020, and 2020 is now building on 22. There are familiar characters, there are familiar themes, there are familiar players, and yet it's a totally different race. On Monday, three Republicans vying to represent South Carolina's first congressional district took the stage at Burke High School's auditorium. Senior political reporter Caitlin Byrd was there. At first, three Republicans were there to debate that night. Lindsey Piper Loomis, Republican Nancy Mace, who is the current representative of the 1st Congressional District, and Katie Arrington, a former state lawmaker and a recent employee at the Department of Defense. But within the first couple of minutes, in the very first question, that debate stage with three podiums suddenly went down to two when Lindsay Piper Loomis decided and declared that she was going to drop out of the race, endorse Katie Arrington, took off her microphone, and walked back to her seat. And the way that I would earn the votes in this district would be by endorsing Katie Arrington for South Carolina District 1 for Congress. The crowd that was there in the audience, who had all paid $10 to attend, went completely wild. You would have thought that it had been a buzzer-beating three-point or half-court shot. I have never had the pleasure of covering a debate that began on such a dramatic note. And once that happened, it was very clear to me sitting in the audience covering this that all bets were off, that the race that had been seen as being more of a two-person race between Representative Mace and Katie Arrington was now officially a two-person race between Mace and Arrington. But having that empty podium up there the whole time was a very strong reminder (laughs) of what had changed, and it legitimately threw a lot of people for a loop that night. So began (laughs) the first congressional district race, which... For me, as someone who has covered this district since 2018, covered it again in 2020, it seems like drama is kind of par for the course, (laughs) but I still wasn't expecting it for some reason. Not fully, not in the first question. I'm Emily Williams. This is Understand South Carolina from the Post and Courier. And this week, we're breaking down Monday's dramatic debate and explaining why this race in South Carolina's first congressional district is the most closely watched Republican congressional primary in the state. It's interesting because uh, you might argue that the 7th Congressional District, which is also along the coast of South Carolina, is also an interesting race to watch with uh, Representative Tom Rice, who is one of 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump after the events of January 6th. He, too, is facing a challenge from the right. But there's just much more intensity down here in this 1st District race, partly because, unlike Tom Rice, Nancy is a newcomer. She is a first-term congresswoman, and she is being challenged for her seat right away, in many ways for themes that are similar to why Rice is being challenged, except Nancy didn't go all the way in voting to impeach. She stopped short of that, but she did very publicly in the wake of those events on January 6th and the insurrection and the protest did publicly go on TV 
saying she was going to be, quote, a new voice for the Republican Party, that the events of that day scared her, that she had sent her children home that day out of fear of what might happen, that when we talked a couple of days later, she told me that she no longer believed in Donald Trump, who was a man whose presidential campaign in 2016, she didn't just volunteer for, she worked for him. She worked in multiple states. She was on the payroll. So she worked to get him into office. Very soon after, Mace would start to recalibrate and realize the Trump era is not over yet. Because of those comments and because of some other things, Nancy is now facing some serious challengers and now challenger with Katie Arrington, who did get Trump's endorsement early on in this primary within 24 hours of entering the race. And that's important context, given that Nancy was the one who worked to get him elected. But Katie is the one who he's putting all of his chips behind and is also directing, you know, his followers and supporters to get behind Katie rather than the incumbent. Now, to understand this primary race, we have to take things back to this time four years ago, during the Republican primary in 2018. At that time, Katie Arrington was challenging former South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford for the seat. So in 2018, Katie Arrington was a state lawmaker who represented the Somerville area who decided to challenge Representative Mark Sanford, a former governor who had been a congressman and representative of this seat previously in the 90s, but then won it back after a contrition tour. And again, another dramatic race here in South Carolina won. So she's going up against the unbeatable incumbent who had defied up until that point any political odds or standards that people thought existed. In the South, it was almost unfathomable for a politician who got caught having an extramarital affair to one, run again, and two, win. So she was up against some fierce odds because after that, a lot of voters and political watchers thought, well, if that doesn't knock him off, what will? Turns out a petite, energetic woman named Katie Arrington was what would knock him out. She launched her campaign arguing some very similar things to what she's arguing about Nancy now which are that Mark was not a loyal Trump Republican, that Mark would not have a seat at the table, that the district wanted someone who would work with President Trump not be a thorn in his side. And she hammered that point home over and over and over again. And one of her most remembered TV spots she actually tells Sanford to, quote, take a hike. And that is a not-so-subtle dig around here because when Sanford was caught having this extramarital affair, and at the time, he had disappeared from the state of South Carolina, and his communications director famously told members of the media at the time when people were asking, where is he? Where's the governor? Oh, he's hiking the Appalachian Trail. So Katie has this zinger of an ad and she just hammers him. She hammers him over and over again for being disloyal to Trump, for not being a true conservative, for not being a good Republican, for not being loyal. And she goes up and messages over and over again. And Sanford, who is that fiscal conservative, 
he is that way personally too, even when it comes to his political campaigns. He doesn't want to spend if he doesn't think he has to. He didn't spend until the very end. It may have been too little too late. And Katie stuns, and I mean stuns, people when she beats the guy that no one thought could ever lose. I was with Sanford at his election night party. I remember seeing him go up with his yellow legal pad to write his concession speech. He comes back down. He gives a tearful concession speech that also doubled as a rebuke of what he thought and feared was coming if Trump continued to hold on to the Republican Party. The news was such a big deal that Katie's win ran on the front page of the New York Times the next morning. Plucked out of political obscurity, she was now a national star. And it seemed like she was going to be the next congressional representative for the first district. You probably know what happened next. In the general election, Democrat Joe Cunningham went on to become the first person in four decades to flip South Carolina's first congressional district blue. In the 2018 race, Katie got into a bit of trouble. In the primary, she had said during a League of Women Voters forum that she supported President Trump's decision to lift the ban on offshore drilling. That comment would be replayed over and over again, casting doubt as to whether or not she would be willing and be in favor of protecting South Carolina's coastline from offshore drilling rigs going out there. The backbone and the beating heart of our economy is our beaches. The thought that that might be under threat or in question was of great concern back in 18. It was one of the reasons why Joe Cunningham was able to get Republican mayors to line up behind him and go on TV to support him, which had never been done before. Katie ended up having to clarify her position, but by then it may have been too late. She was saying she did not support offshore drilling off the coast of South Carolina, but the Cunningham campaign used that issue not only as a wedge issue to get conservatives who were conservation-minded to come to their side, and by having those Republican mayors go up, it gave them a pass to cross the aisle to vote for a Democrat maybe for the first time in your lifetime. And Katie loses, and it's called very late at night. It was a true nail-biter. The next morning, she concedes, and it is a very untraditional concession speech. Typically, you would expect a candidate to get up there, uh, thank their supporters, uh, thank voters, uh, wish the person who defeated you the best of luck moving forward, and close out by thanking God and thanking your supporters one more time or saying you love your family, something to that effect. Instead, Katie gets up to the microphone and blames Sanford for her general election loss, the man who she defeated in the Republican primary. Ladies and gentlemen, the first congressional district last night lost the conservative agenda. We lost it because we had money coming from around the nation into this district. We lost because Mark Sanford could not understand that this was about the conservative movement and not him. For Democrats, it was dramatic. For Republicans, that race was traumatic. And that was 
the last that we had seen of Katie until a couple of months ago when she burst back onto the political stage here in South Carolina, ready for round two with a totally different dynamic. Fast forward to 2020, and Republicans are focused on winning back South Carolina's first congressional district. Several Republicans announced that they're running. One of them is Nancy Mace. In 2020, Republicans were contending with a very unfamiliar reality for them. Remember, this is the first time in nearly 40 years that Republicans are having to contend with the fact that they are the party trying to unseat a Democrat from this seat, which had been reliably Republican for decades. So Nancy was one of four candidates who ran in that Republican primary. She wasn't the first to get into the race, but she was one of the first to announce. Town councilwoman from Mount Pleasant, Kathy Landing, was in that race. Chris Cox, a founder of Bikers for Trump, was in that race. And Brad Mole, who was doing work in housing down in Beaufort County. The chief priority for all four of these candidates was to win back this seat, which was lost in 2018 by Katie Arrington. That race haunted Republicans because it was the race that they never thought they would lose. It was the seat they never thought they had to worry about. When Nancy Mace gets into this race officially in 2020, she's a familiar face and a familiar name. Not only is she a state lawmaker who is representing uh, parts of Daniel Island, a very affluent part of the district, after winning a special 2017 election, she'd also previously run for political office. She was one of the many Republicans who had challenged U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham back in 2014. She was unsuccessful in that effort. But even before then, Nancy Mace was a household name here in the Lowcountry. In 1999, Nancy Mace became the first woman to ever graduate from the Citadel Corps of Cadets, becoming the first woman to break that all-male long gray line. And so Nancy, in making her pitch to voters in that open Republican primary, was, I can win. I have the resources, see also the fundraising and the money, to win. I have worked for Donald Trump. I'm pro-Trump. But she didn't run hard Trump, very much pitching herself as a conservative, as a conservative who supports President Trump. And Nancy goes on, and not only does she win, but she avoids a runoff, which that had been the big question, was whether or not there was going to be a runoff between her and Kathy Landing, given the size of the field. And in South Carolina, you have to get more than 50%, 50 plus 1% of the vote. Nancy cleared it easily, doing very well in the suburbs, especially. So we know that now Representative Nancy Mace went on to win that general election and beat Democrat Joe Cunningham. So what made that difference? What was different about the 2020 election that allowed Republicans to take back that seat that they had lost in 2018 for the first time in four decades? Even though this is a district that on paper is very much at least an R plus 10 
it was a fight. It was seen as a hotly contested seat. It was identified as potentially a top pickup opportunity for Republicans, um, especially because they had held on to it for so long. There was a sentiment among both local, state, and even national Republicans that they could win this seat back. If they wanted to get a Republican majority back, this was one of those seats on the way to that majority. And Nancy won she did something that Katie didn't do in her 2018 general election, which was she sought to neutralize offshore drilling as an issue that was being contested between her and Cunningham. So that wedge issue was not even on the table. So Cunningham was going to have to find something else to make voters not believe in her in a presidential year where you're going to have more people coming out, where there's a lot of energy now at the top of the ticket for Donald Trump in a Republican district. Trump at the top of the ticket might be the only reason some voters showed up that day. And if they vote straight party, they're going to vote for Nancy. So Nancy had the political headwinds at her back, pushing her forward. She had that slight advantage and she pulls it off. Toward the end of her campaign, she starts leaning more into her ties with Trump. You see that in TV ads. You see that in campaign mailers. And I like to look at those things as a political reporter because where you're spending your money on, your message, that tells me a lot about what you think is truly a winning investment for your campaign. So if you're sending mailers out with the picture of you with your thumb up with Donald Trump, as Nancy did, it was very clear that they were making a strategic investment on a pro-Trump and a Trump-aligned candidate, especially as it got closer and closer to that November election. And Nancy wins. And it's by less than a two-point margin. Again. So it was a narrow loss and a narrow win. Which brings us now to 2022, where Nancy is facing a challenge for not being Trumpy enough. And there's a Democrat pediatrician, Dr. Annie Andrews, waiting in the wings to see whether or not she's going to be going up against Nancy Mace or Katie Arrington. Katie Arrington announced her run for Congress in South Carolina's first district in early February. In terms of the, the primary cycle, she got into the race kind of late. And I think that is part of what makes her entrance into the contest so dramatic in its own right. Cycles are two-year cycles. So a lot of these candidates who had said that they were going to challenge Nancy, they started announcing and running in 21. They came out really early. And Katie was working at the Pentagon and for the Department of Defense at the time. So public facing. You can't be a public civil servant and run for political office. So unless she was going to leave DOD, she's not going to be on the ballot. Well, Katie gets into a sticky situation, is accused of leaking classified information, files a lawsuit, goes on and on and on. So Katie's on paid leave, and it's unclear what's going to happen next. All of a sudden, she resigns. The very next morning, she drops a YouTube video announcing her run for Congress in a very highly produced video. I'm not talking a Facebook Live. I'm talking there was a script. There was clearly money and investment made. As soon as she left, she was on to the next thing, and the next thing was this congressional seat that had eluded her in 2018 and that she has told me in the past was always a dream of hers. 
So that brings us back to where we started today. On the debate stage, on Monday night, remember, candidate Lindsay Piper Loomis has just taken off her microphone, endorsed Katie Arrington, and walked off the stage. One of the questions that was asked at the debate that received very different answers from each of them was about whether or not they would work with their Democratic colleagues in Congress. What did each of them say to that question? So Nancy got that question first, and she began by noting that we are a really divided country right now. And she said that she's someone who's been a conservative, quote, forever. And she has a conservative voting record. But, quote, I also have a history of reaching across the aisle to get things done. Katie got the question second, and her response was very different. She said that Republicans cannot collaborate with them right now, them being Democrats, who she characterizes being unhinged. She said that Republicans sent Nancy up because she was, quote, Trump endorsed and said she was America first. The moment she got up there, she turned her back on us and she turned her back on President Trump. And that is not what a conservative does. We've talked about how Katie Arrington has an endorsement from former President Trump. She is running to the right of Nancy Mace. What is Nancy Mace's strategy? What is her messaging right now to try to sway Republicans in this race against Katie Arrington? Well, one point that Nancy keeps reminding voters here over and over is that Katie lost this seat. That Katie has won a Republican primary before, and she failed to deliver in the general election. So Nancy continues to hammer home the point that Nancy Pelosi would love nothing more than to see Katie Arrington win this race because then they'll get a Democrat to beat Katie again. That is the big political line that Nancy is using. The other tactics that Nancy is deploying on the on the trail right now are reminding voters that she is a fiscal conservative. She's touting her voting record, especially when it comes to taxes. And again, that's kind of a streak that we're familiar with down here, where there's a little bit of a libertarian bend to some of the Republicans in this area. And pocketbook issues matter. So she is definitely leaning into that. And more than anything, she is trying to run on her record and touting legislation that she's been able to push forward, noting the committees that she serves on. If she's making one political point more than anything else, it's, I won this seat back for Republicans in 2020, and I'm going to do it again. And I know how to keep this seat Republican because I won this seat back for Republicans in November of 2020. And come hell or high water, I'm going to keep this seat in Republican hands in November. In the day after the SC1 debate this week, the Arrington campaign shared a video of Donald Trump talking about Katie, reiterating his support for her and calling her fantastic. Hi, this is President Donald Trump, and I just want to let you know that I'm giving a complete and total endorsement to Katie Arrington. She's a wonderful person. She's running to replace Nancy Mace, who has not been a wonderful person. 
2018 has built on 2020, and 2020 is now building on 22. There are familiar characters, there are familiar themes, there are familiar players. And yet it's a totally different race. A bet is being made about how Republican this district is and whether this district has become more of a Trump Republican than a Sanford Republican. And this will be a very good test of that. All right, that's all for today. There is so much reporting that we couldn't squeeze into this episode. So please follow Caitlin on Twitter and also check out the links in our show notes with more coverage, including a fact check that she wrote for Monday night's debate. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for this podcast, get in touch. You can email us at understandsc at postingcourier.com. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Post and Courier. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a different news story from our state.